Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about activists win, the fearful, silent lose, how to fight, trans zealotry and Brittany Aldine, California government and energy hypocrisy on steroids, and border busters lies. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas-based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry. Hello again, and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I want to say a quick thanks, as I do periodically, to Brightian Radio for carrying this show. Love, love to be on Brightian Radio Network. Thank you so much for carrying the show. If you're listening on radio or any other way you're listening, just audio, I want to tell you, you can go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, and at that website, you can see some of the interviews. You can see the show live. You can watch it live at the website, and you can catch up on shows you might have missed, interviews you missed at americacanwetalk.org. I also want to say a big thank you to Real News PR and Real News Communication Network because they make this show possible. They are just a fabulous organization. I want to thank Joe, my producer today, who's letting me signal him very last minute, change this, do this, and he's just rocking and rolling with me. So grateful for everyone making the show possible. I'm actually going to do the first five today, but just telling you two quick stories. And I'll weave in later why they both matter. One was that I happened to go the other day to a nails place. You know, women like to get the nails done. Uh, this was not my usual nails place. And the woman was uh, working on my nails and she was trying to make conversation as they do. And so she was asking where I grew up and I said, New York. And she said, oh, you know, when she came here from Vietnam, she lived in New York for a year. And she said, I don't know how you can stand the winters, the snow. And I said, yeah, you know, you either like it or you don't. And she came to Texas. And then she asked me what I did. I said, you know, I host a talk show, but you know, it's political. and We don't have to talk about it. And she leaned in, true story, leaned in to whisper the Vietnamese community, we love Mr. Trump. And she said, we know what communism is like. We watched it happen. What they are doing, what this government and your country right now is doing, it's moving toward communism. It is becoming communist, and all of us can see it. She went on and on talking about the Vietnamese community loving President Trump and all of how he touted freedom and America's greatness. And she came to America because everyone knew it was great. And how in Vietnam, they fled because of communism. And they're simply blown away by the fact that America seems to be going right down the path toward communism and not recognizing it. And I said, hey, you know, you're singing my tune. Very nice lady. I'm actually going to see if I can arrange to get her someone to buy her a ticket to come to my summit. I told her about the summit. She wants to come. Um, but that little story, that little vignette, I am telling you that among my conservative friends, I hear stories like this all the time. People who lived under communism recognize exactly where the Biden administration, the anti-American left, really headed up by Obama and team. They see exactly where it's taking this country. I am talking about organizations like, I think it's called TFAS, the Fund for America Studies. Fund for America Studies has filled with people who grew up in communist countries trying to wave the alarm bell, you know, ring the bell, wave the alarm, wake up America. We're watching America being taken down. I have friends tell me these stories all the time. My husband and I actually have good friends who came to America from Venezuela. They say the same thing. They watch today's Democrat Party and how radically leftist the, the, that party is, has been taken over by Marxists, is no longer anything like your grandmother's Democrat Party, and they watch the American people seeming to be asleep at the wheel, not recognizing what's happening. And I am telling you, it's not a small percentage. People who grew up in communism see exactly what's happening to America. But, and then my other little story in this first five uh, involves a friend of mine who'd been 
texting over the weekend, and I want to run something by you. So I called him on the way of the show yesterday. And so we were talking, and you're allowed to talk on the phone in the state of Texas while you're driving. Uh, but anyway, so I was talking to him on the phone. His basic uh, thing he was saying was, you know, he and millions of others recognize that the 2020 election was stolen, and that one of the main things we have to do in order to correct that situation to, and it wasn't just the 2020 elections, that the very existence in our elections of electronic voting machines, all sorts of other electronic equipment means that people can continue to steal elections. If they, as I was saying to him, if hackers can hack into the NSA, the DOD, the most protected and, and allegedly secure computers in America, they most certainly can and do hack into voting machines. They hack into flash drives. They hack into voter tabulation software. The entire system in America is vulnerable to hacking, and therefore we must turn, return to paper ballots. We must go back to paper ballots. So we're talking about that. He said, you know, it'd be great if this one person we both happen to know who is wrapping up a big project, he said, wouldn't it be great if he decided to take on the idea in Texas, pick one little county and work with them, work with our county commissioner court to get them to flip over in that county to the use of paper ballots. And so pick some counties. Most of the counties in Texas are red. You know, pick a small county, get them on board for paper ballots, then the next county, then the next county, then the next county, build a trend, build momentum. So we'd be able to say at some point, you know, we have X number of counties in Texas where we're using paper ballots only. No electronic tabulation. I mean, literally paper ballots and human counting. And he was saying, wouldn't that be a great project? And it's a great idea. And he asked me to run it by this mutual friend of ours, which I will do. What I wanted to say about that in closing out the first five is this. America did not get to the place we are, which is we are on the precipice, if not over the cliff already, to socialism slash communism. We have not only had an increase in government control over society, an increase in independence among the American people on, on government and thinking it's perfectly normal that we don't live our lives as free, self-reliant citizens, but instead we expect government to feed, house, educate, shelter, everything people need. We have a growing segment of the American population who thinks that's the government's job. And another portion who thinks it's their job to vote for people who will do that for others, even if they don't think they need that help. We are more than falling over the cliff or slithering toward the edge of actually losing American-style freedom. And it didn't happen overnight. And this is my closing point in the first five. The left has spent decades in this country destroying the idea of America instilling in young people, especially a disdain for America, for America's unique and extraordinary founding ideals found in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. They spent decades pushing these leftist, anti-American, anti-freedom ideas in academia, in social media, in journalism, in every institution in this country. Those of us who love liberty and are finally awake and finally recognizing what's happening to our country, who are still committed to bringing America back, restoring America, recognize we're not going to do it overnight. And no one person is going to do it, no one candidate, no one elected official. President Trump brought us a long way in his one term, a four-year term, waking people up and recognizing the, the deep state's uh, slithering, swampish commitment to all these leftist ideas. At this point in history, they take form in embracing globalism and embracing the whole socialist global government and using the climate change issue and the COVID issue to drive the political conclusions they already wanted. For those of us who see America's goodness and greatness and recognize we are losing it rapidly, Today's show, what I want to talk about is the many, many ways you can be an activist and people in power can be activists and everyday citizens can be activists and no one gets to sit in the sidelines and just, you know, wring their hands and fret and moan, get in the fight if you want to save this country. And that, my very fine friends, is today's First Five. So I'd mentioned this, I called this Activist Win, the Fearful, uh, the fearful Silent Lose. I am telling you, we just have too many people, unfortunately, we're kind of waiting for somebody else to uh, solve things, to find a solution. And, and so that my friend, I told you, called and said, 
you know, why doesn't someone take on the idea of going county by county and getting these commissioners' courts to turn to change their policy and to put in place paper ballots only? Well, you know what? That's something that could be done in every state in this union. There are a few counties where there was a very strong, hard press by conservative activists to prove to the county commissioner courts or whatever the equivalent is in, the, in various states to say there really is a problem. Electronic machines, electronic tabulation software is all vulnerable to hacking and has been hacked and has been, um, ha has, you've had elections stolen from you. So a few counties have done that, but that's a great idea of activism, what you could be doing as an individual. You could take on that job, get a committee together, a group together in your area, and decide we're going to pick off the most conservative counties. Because believe me, the Democrat-run county commissioners, the Democrat-run counties have no interest in election integrity. They don't want to fix it. They like the way it is, frankly. And it isn't just a partisan issue because some Republicans like the way it is. But many things you can be doing if you recognize the many avenues and ways in which the left has been taking down this country over the decades. And we need all people, on, all, you know, all hands on deck, everybody in the fight, to pick your route, your place, your beachhead, your, your niche, and get on board saving this country. There was an article, quickly I'll tell you, an American thinker, I think it was a few days ago, um, but it was talking about the idea there are many, many practical ideas that you can take up if you have become aware of how dangerously close we are to losing America the great, unique, and extraordinary. So this guy runs through ideas. You know, you want, you want, to, just, you want to be an activist? He, t he uses the expression, cut off the blood supply to all businesses and groups that hire any DEI personnel, diversity, equity, inclusion. Fight that policy, understanding the whole, even though it's high-minded sounding, it sounds like, oh, we're just trying to make things fair. If you're dedicated to diversity, equity, and inclusion, that is a communistic, socialistic idea being uh, invading America's society, whether it's hiring by schools, corporations, foundations, whoever it is, we substitute merit for a completely irrelevant consideration as to what your skin color is, your gender, your national origin, whatever your background is, you substitute merit and success and you put in people who are not as qualified, not as capable, and you can be a fighter on that. You can speak up in your own community, speak up in your own school districts, speak up in your churches, your communities, and say, hey, you know what? This is We're not going to follow this because it's really, it's un-American. We're about merit, and we're not going to continue to pander to this. And ultimately, it's all about the idea, this diversity, equity, inclusion thing started out from the premise of arguing that somehow uh, in America, you know, we have too many white people running things, so we're just going to stick unqualified people in because they happen to have the right skin color. Obviously, many people of every single race, ethnicity, national origin, skin color are perfectly qualified for many, many jobs, hire the qualified, not, and don't follow race. Um, this guy goes on about things you can be doing. Uh, write emails and letters, make phone calls, demanding uh, to know what your elected official is going to do. What do you, on state rep, state senator, U.S., ask him, how are you going to vote in this issue? You might think that's tiresome or you might think it doesn't matter, but I'm telling you, if you get, if you're an elected official at the state or federal level and you get 10 phone calls on any topic, you don't care what the call said. If you get 1,000, 1,500, 10,000, you care. So continuing and urging your friends to make calls, send emails, challenge people, go to and hear other ideas, go to school board meetings, go to political strategizing meetings, show up in your county and your state government, your GOP, wherever it is, show up, um, be sure you vote, make sure all your friends vote, you'd be blown away how many people don't vote. Uh, don't be afraid of hurting someone's feelings when you're advocating for something that you want to advocate for. Somehow leftists never worry what anyone thinks. They spew out their leftist hogwash and in such a presumptive tone and many people go oh okay i don't want to offend and, and you know counter counter them okay so that's on the individual level there was a great piece today and again this this is about activism and I really want to urge you to think about this. There's a great, great writer um, named Daniel Horowitz, um, and he is at um, uh, Conservative Review. And um, I interviewed him once years ago, really, really brilliant guy. And I put a link to his article up on our website today. And by the way, our website's americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. And at that website, if you go on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links, look for today's date, it'll link to everything we talked about. This article, Daniel Horowitz, is basically he's springing off of that outlandish, outrageous, obnoxious speech 
In fact, two speeches by uh, he who occupies the White House, Joe Biden. One was this past Friday at, at, uh, in, in Philadelphia, Independence Hall. And then this past Monday on Labor Day was a speech he made in, in uh, Wisconsin. In both places, President Biden sounds very, very much like a, a totalitarian rising in power. He is telling America he's against more than half of America, telling MAGA Americans, which is more than half of America, because that's who voted for Trump. And, and attacking them and, and, I mean, mocking, ridiculing, and really threatening in the way he speaks about not going to tolerate all this stuff. He, of all hypocrisies, talks about the importance of complying with and respecting the Constitution when his government, his very administration in Washington, utterly tearing the Constitution to shreds in the way they're, speak, they're treating the January 6th committee, uh, the January 6th defendants, many of whom never got due process, still sitting in solitary confinement, still not being treated fairly by the system. And yet, this is, this is a hallmark of a tyrant and, and a hallmark of a liar. He is projecting onto the MAGA Republicans what he is doing. So Daniel Horowitz had a great piece, and he's talking about, and I want you to think about this, friends, if you really are, if you're an elected official in this country and you actually truly deeply believe in the ideas of America and you can see that the federal government is grotesquely overreaching, it is shut down America over a virus that did not require America to be shut down, continues to threaten uh, military personnel. In fact, I, I was going to tell you about a speech I gave the other day and afterwards one of the questions, this young guy came up and said, basically got kicked out of the military because he didn't want the jab. And he, and he was like, teary. He said, I love being in the military. And I said, well, I think there might be hope someday, but right now there's not. If you have these people in power, getting back to what Daniel Horowitz was saying is, if the people you elect in Washington at the federal level or the state level, if they actually believe in the things they say they believe in, they have many, many, many avenues available to them to exert their state level of level authority. He talked about bringing together a coalition of governors, attorneys general, state legislators to demonstrate to the federal government that we believe in the federalism concept, which basically is the federal government only has the powers specifically enumerated in the Constitution and given to it. All other powers belong to the states. The federal government has long been taking and exercising power it doesn't have. So he's basically making the point. Why don't we push these people? Why isn't there a coalition of governors and people in, in power in red states? And he talks about, you know, they should have organized back in March of 2020 when COVID came along and the government shut down life. But he's talking about how right now what they could do, um, they could have a coalition of federalism, a group of, as I say, governors, attorneys general, state legislators, majority leaders in the, in the various uh, house, state houses. And he talked about, you know, just, he gave it, just, just say it's Miami. And he's just give, saying that as an example, the Miami Declaration. And say, for example, we are not, we're going to criminalize, we're going to criminalize the enforcement of any federal COVID mandate. We're not going to have federal COVID mandates governing anything in our state, in our city, wherever the, who is ever issuing this. Criminalize the enforcement of any federal COVID mandate. Block federal agents from entering the state to target political opposition, which is what many of the FBI people are now doing. Order all education and healthcare institutions within the state to stop complying with recent edicts on transgenderism or COVID with a threat of severe fines. Tell these schools, these schools are so afraid of Biden and the federal government that they do things to students they shouldn't do. They need to be afraid of the people. They need to be afraid of the local jurisdiction telling them, don't you dare comply with any of this garbage out of the federal government related to transgenderism and related to all, COVID and all those other things. Block, this is the other, block the distribution of any new vaccines that haven't been properly studied. Create a commission at the state level to study who's responsible for the COVID response, for the botched therapeutics. And he said, nullify onerous federal regulations on energy and mineral exploration and production within the coalition of states so states can start producing energy again, regardless of what the federal government is saying about it. I'm getting at this, people, I'm getting at this to say that if these people we elect and go to Washington or go to your state legislatures and they believe in that they are savvy enough to, to see what the government is happening to America, savvy enough to recognize that the federal government is grotesquely overstepping its bounds, savvy enough to recognize we are watching the left in this country, the anti-American left, take down America 
act like you're in a war. We don't want to have a physical war. We don't want to have a, you know, bullets flying war. But we are in a, as, and this is one thing Biden said that was true. We're in a war for the soul, heart and soul of America. We are. And he's on the wrong side. He's the bad guy. Biden's the bad guy. The good guys are the ones actually trying to defend free speech trying to defend freedom of healthcare freedom, trying to defend the rights of children to live life innocently without some transgender grooming teacher uh, showing up in kindergarten and encouraging them to think they're probably not really the gender your mommy or daddy said you are. There are so many steps you can take, but you won't take them, people won't take them, until they recognize the seriousness of the situation we face. They won't recognize them until they, and they won't take these steps unless they see this is not just politics as usual. This is not just, oh, look, golly gee, willers, you know, the Democrats have power right now. They have to recognize this is not a Democrat versus Republican era in America. This is the people, we the people who love this country, who want the promises of the Declaration and the Constitution honored and enforced standing up and fighting the powerful, those in Washington who are literally bulldozing over our rights, bulldozing over the whole concept of America as a country rooted in freedom, bulldozing over the concept of federalism and simply driving their agenda down the throats of the American people and they'll never, ever, ever, ever stop unless we make them. So we, I love ideas like this. He, Daniel Horowitz is a brilliant, brilliant thinker. Um, as I said, writes at Conservative Review, uh, has many great pieces uh, over the years I've talked about in the show other times. But I'm getting at this is spirit of activism is really needed. It's, it has to be more than just going home after you read the news or come to the dinner table after you read your uh, whatever your favorite websites are and you uh, wring your hands at dinner and discuss with your uh, spouse and your wife or your husband or your kids, you know, this is terrible. This shouldn't be happening. You got to fight. And so we should be pushing legislators, governors, all these, those kind of people who have actual power to do these things, to stand up. I love just the one, stop all these environmental, absurd, un unnecessary dictates. Stop. Stop all of it. We're not going to do that anymore. So this whole idea of activism, I'll tell you really quickly uh, what happened yesterday after the show. So um, I don't usually... Um, I mean, I, I do a lot of public speaking, I do writing, I do my show, um, and I have gone to some, like, I, uh, some, you know, protests or marches, you know, I've gone, but it's not like a regular activity of mine, but there is a group that has been putting billboard, um, or uh, rather, not billboards, but they're, they're hanging really, really large, um, like, posters hanging off the edge of a freeway, so in a, a busy rush hour time, you know, people driving along the freeway and the traffic's usually slow because it's rush hour. And these people are up on top on the overpass, you know, just unfurling a banner, unfurling a banner. And they just say, you know, whatever they say, political messages. They have music playing, people waving flags. Very, very happy group. And I have a friend who organized this. I've never gone to one before. But yesterday, uh, it worked out perfectly after my show. I went down and I did that. I went on one of the um, overpasses over America. I think the movement's called or something. Uh, I had a flag. I had one of the flags I took out of our front yard. Um, and, um, you know, they were waving flags and just, and, and really the whole atmosphere was positive. It was upbeat. And I will say a little uh, data we pulled from just that um, little interaction. Uh, one was that um, of the people who were slowing down, and I mean, they had this on because it was rush hour, a solid 70%. My, actually, my friend I was standing next to said this, you realize 70% of these people, more or less, are going, yay, yay, you know, thumbs up, they're cheering us on. Uh, you know, truck drivers would honk, really big trucks would honk, and, and the drivers would give us thumbs up. I mean, the people were loving these this pro-America message, this pro-America activism. They loved it. 30% were not happy, either didn't respond at all, and some of them gave the international gesture of unfriendliness uh, from their cars, and we just smiled and waved our flags, you know, as, what are you going to do? People, uh, some people didn't like it, but it was kind of a, you know, kind of a, I don't know, on the ground, grassroots, very rough, you know, poll taking. Most of the people uh, here in Texas, here in Dallas, right with us. And that sense of activism is probably not something I'll do very often. Um, I'm just, I mean, it takes a lot of time out of the day and to drive down where I was, and I, I 
as I have a lot going on planning my summit and getting ready for the show and public speaking I have coming up that I can't go. But I, I, I just love the spirit. All these people, these are just happy people hanging around and, and cheering on America. And I think it's going to take a lot of the um, activists of all kinds doing all kinds of things to win America back. One last quick thing on this activism uh, point, and then I will, I'm going to turn to my um, the next topic. But um, you know, when you have elected officials uh, who say they, they they won't say they don't like Trump, they won't say they're they try to sound like they're kind of oh, yeah, Trump, he's fine, blah blah. You know, there's a few litmus tests you can look at. One is I like to point out Senator McConnell, Senator McConnell, the minority leader in the Senate, not still not said one word denouncing Biden's what many people saw as a very fascist speech, Biden's speech on Independence uh, Hall in Philadelphia last week and then this past Monday in Wisconsin on Labor Day. I mean, attacking, attacking more than half of America, MAGA America. You didn't hear a word out of McConnell. You hear people in Washington saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we love the Trump supporters. They have to say that because the Trump supporters are the majority of the Republican Party. But when they come to who they fund, who their PACs fund, yeah, it's not, the, it's not the MAGA candidates, it's the rhinos. Anyway, I'll close out this by saying I got fired up thinking about this idea that there are dozens, hundreds, thousands of ways to be involved as an activist in America today. And when you do that, you got to pick your lane and stick with it, recognize you're not going to have you know one little flurry of activism for two weeks and everything's fixed. It's going to take a while to push back against the decades of destruction of America, of our culture, of our society at the hands of the very anti-American socialist Marxist left that we're now witnessing right in front of us. It's a great, great time to be a patriot, a great, great time to be active. I, I urge you to do it. Okay, so then the, um, I told you I would talk about um, questions people emailed in. Um, okay, and I'll just quickly say for our radio listeners, you're going to go off to a break at the bottom of the hour, 30 minutes past the hour. Please know that we're going to be rocking and rolling right here and come right back when you uh, go off to your um, commercial break for three minutes. We'll still be here when you come back talking more. And again, thank you for listening to, on, to uh, this show. You can always go watch the show and listen to it later at americacanwetalk.org and on Rumble and on, actually, we're now on Truth Social. So Truth Social, all those places you can go see the show. Okay. I, I told you I listen on Wednesdays and answer questions people had. And so um, I got, I'm just, I can't answer all of them, so I'm going to hit on one. I had several people say, why didn't I make a comment about this whole um, controversy or whatever you want to call it, this whole um, discussion ongoing about the um, wife of Jason Aldean. He's a country music star. His wife, Brittany Aldean, um, put a very short message out on, um, I believe it was on Instagram. I'm going to read to you what she said, and she just prompted a, a just a firestorm. It's so absurd. So I'm glad people asked it. Several people asked the same question, so I'm going to answer that. So first of all, so you know what she said? She was doing a makeup video on her Instagram. She does, I guess she sells makeup. I don't even know. But anyway, um, and she's very, very beautiful. And, and her husband's very famous, very successful. So her uh, makeup video Instagram, she said, I'd really like to thank my parents for not changing my gender when I went through my tomboy phase. I love this girly life. Okay, I've had, by the way, I've had adult friends of mine in Texas who've said, man, I was kind of a tomboy when I was a kid. I'm glad my parents, I'm glad the transgender movement hadn't gotten started by them. Well, she has really gotten, I mean, so much pushback. In fact, the PR company that, that um, represented her husband, Jason Aldean, for years, dropped him because of the pressure of the left. Dropped him and said, you know what, you're done um, because your wife said this. And she won't back down. She, uh, Brittany Aldean, will not back down. She went on, I think it was Tucker Carlson, and she talked about very, very much openly, uh, you know, I'm standing up for kids. I'm standing up for kids. This transgendering stuff is crazy. And she had a really, in fact, her, her um, quote was, um, the dangers of medically mutilating children are simply too horrific for society to sit in silence. And she just basically um, talked about, um, she, uh, anyway, let me back up. So she put that out there. Uh, lots of pushback from all these 
I don't even know who these people are. They're self-important, self-opposed, self-appointed famous people who criticize her. How can you say that? You're so insensitive. You're so insensitive. That you shouldn't be saying that. And uh, somebody who is apparently somewhat famous um, had criticized her um, and and said called her called her uh, Barbie. Uh, made some reference to Barbie, her being Barbie. Um, and so she responded by saying. Um, Actually, let me finish one more point that that uh, that uh, actually the um, Brittany Aldine made, advocating for gentle mutilation of children under the disguise of love and calling it gender affirming care is one of the worst evils. I will always protect my children. I will support my children and do what I can to protect their innocence. Some parents want to be accepted by society so badly that they're willing to make life altering decisions for their children who aren't old enough to fully comprehend the consequences of those actions. Love is protecting your children until they're mature enough as an adult to make their own life decisions. Yeah, she did go on Tucker Carlson. She said, I don't think children should be allowed to make these life-changing decisions at such a young age. So I want to respond to the questions I had about that. I, I wasn't ignoring this story at all. First of all, this is one of those things where the left in this country has so managed to, I mean, it is like a mass hypnosis, a mass you know, mesmerism of people that they... We actually, if you told us 10 years ago that we would be living in a society today where it was commonly accepted, like the thing you're supposed to think is that, you know, tons and tons, I mean, you know, it could be even, you know, a third of young people or a third of people born are really transgender and they were born with the wrong, you know, bodies. And so our job uh, as, a, as parents, as loving society, uh, is to, you know, fix their bodies. So they will, they literally, there, there are videos I have watched of doctors. One of them was Boston Children's Hospital, a doctor talking about no child is too young to know they're trans, they, they are really transgender and to begin doing things to their bodies to change them. There are, there are doctors and institutions who try to say they're taking the moral high ground because they will honor anything a kid says about their gender. Uh, you know, a young child. I mean, in fact, one reference was made. I don't know if it was that hospital, but you know, sometimes the reference was made, sometimes children know in the womb that they really, I mean, they might be a girl, but they really are a guy. I mean, this insanity, this trans zealotry insanity has literally like wiped out the sanity and wiped out the intelligence of millions of Americans. We're literally willing to let these children go to public schools and have teachers. I mean, you can't call it educating. They're grooming. They are inciting in the children the idea that, you know, no matter what your mommy says, your daddy says, or even your doctor says, we know better. So we're just going to fix you and don't just be sure. Don't, you know, don't let them know. Uh, don't tell them and we'll start helping you transition. People, <laughs> there are not two sane sides to this story. There are not two sane sides and there are only two genders. And, you know, Adults making some decision, if that's what they want to do when you, you know, had enough trips around the sun to be an adult, be responsible, that's a different moral issue to me as, as an adult. But if we cannot, as a society, recognize that this lunatic trend coming from the left is lunatic, is unhealthy, is unwise, and even if a kid says, yeah, you know, the more I listen to my teacher, I really think I am the, I mean, I'm in the wrong body. I'm supposed to be, a, you know, wherever the opposite is. We have to, we the serious thinkers, we have to be the grown-ups in, in the room, the grown-ups in the room that is America, and say, no, we're not going to be teaching this, and no, as a young child, you cannot indulge in, you know, I mean, literally, I, I mean, it's mutilation. It's, it's removal of young girls' breasts who haven't even become old enough to even think about the idea of bearing a child and, and nursing a child. It is little, literal, gentle mutilation of young boys and making them make it impossible for them to ever function as a normal adult male. I mean, we have to stop pretending. We don't have to play the left's pretend game anymore about, well, you know, maybe we should let this seven-year-old, he really, really seems to know. We have to stop. We have to rise above it. And I want to make a couple of deeper points. I mean, she, uh, I am completely supportive of and impressed by uh, Brittany Aldine. Her husband, by the way, has been totally supportive, too, as far as I've read. He's, you know, when the PR company said, we're dropping you, he said, you know, eh, who cares? But I do want to make the point about the PR company dropping him. 
This is an example of what I'm talking about when I say the left, they never rest. The left, the anti-American, anti-God, anti-American left never rests. They have managed to create the perception in American society that the majority view, the wise view, the self-righteous view is the leftist view on almost everything. And so a corporation, a school, uh, any entity, any individual to speak up and be brave and say, no, actually what the left is saying is lunatic here, it's very hard. You have to understand this PR firm, they, they thought the smarter move was to drop him because he backed his wife than to say, of course, there are only two genders. And of course, we should not be gender transitioning young children. I mean, the concept that we even gotten to this place where that was the safest choice this PR firm thought they could make was to say, I guess we better give in and, and you know, agree that transgendering is a really swell idea. I mean, and so it gets around to my point about the importance of everyone being in the fight at your, whatever your niche is, your issue is, your way of, of speaking up, because the left has truly managed to just, it's like a blanket of ignorance, of, of you know, lunacy has taken over too much of America, and America needs to stand up. But I want to say one another um, thing about this whole issue. It's not just the gender transition that is part of the left's agenda. The broader notion of what the left is doing on this, these kinds of social issues is to destroy the concept of the nuclear family. And uh, you can see the government-run schools, the taxpayer-funded schools, they are actually, in many, many cases, I've been over a few of these on this show, I could do more of them, they're actually, the teachers feel like they're doing the right thing by telling kids Sure, we'll protect you here. You can, you can really, uh, we'll treat you like you're a boy when you're obviously female or vice versa, and we'll let you go with a new name you came up with, and we'll treat you as that. You can use that restroom, and just don't tell your parents, and we won't tell your parents. This interference with the nuclear family unit, the, the mother, father, and kids, the most healthy way any child on the planet Earth could ever grow up with was a mom, dad, in the home with them, and this is the schools, which is the government working against the family. Same thing with all of this. I mean, I don't understand what this fixation is. like a fetish right now to watch adult men who dress as women and dance and sing and entertain the drag queen shows and organizations that normally were kind of mainstream American going, well, you know, the drag queen shows, they're really trendy. So what the heck? Let the kids come. You know, it can't hurt anything, but it does. Young children are impressionable. They need actually sane adults telling them that, okay, you know, you are a gender and that's what you are. You don't have to be a girly girl. You don't have to like makeup and Barbies. You can be a tomboy, but you're a girl. And we're not gonna let you destroy your body, mutilate your body, just because you kind of wish you could play with the boys more. And the same if boys wishing they were girls. We have a society where the left has begun to actually win this argument and win it so you have a PR firm dropping Jason Aldean and you have all sorts of corporations playing along with the whole transgender agenda and it's lunacy. And then you have many, many policies coming out of the American left designed to undermine and just cause people call into question the entire existence of um, factual gender. I mean... The fact that you're born a boy, born a girl. It's not extreme. You're not extreme to say that. You're not hateful. You're not mean-spirited. It's just science. It's like saying the sun is hot or two plus two is four. Those are facts no one disputes and also are facts which no one should dispute are people are born boys or girls. It's just life. But when you start to, and I want to get one more point in here and then I'm going to turn my next topic, or two more points. So one is uh, that the whole notion of God-given identity and being created, you know, having a creator outside of, the, of human procreation, but having a, a source of life, a God is a source of life. What this elitist leftist mindset is instilling in people is the concept that, you know, we don't have to worry about a creator. We don't worry about God. We can make you anything you want to be. Human wisdom, human drugs, human surgery. We can, we can just, you know, manipulate and contort you, and we can make you into anything you want to be, and you don't have to be stuck with this, you know, uh, 
identity you don't care for, uh, that, 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 which was, is your real identity that came from your creator, is another way the whole Marxist communist mindset drives God out of society, drives the presumption of truth coming from the scriptures and being taught by parents, drives it out of society, mocks and ridicules it. Okay, one last thing. This is a mind-blowing stat. Okay, I don't want you to faint. I'm just quickly tell you, what percentage of Democrats do you think polled what percent of Democrats you think polled said they think that men can get pregnant? My guess? Okay. There's no one here, so I'll tell you the answer. 22% of Democrats, 22. We have this, you know, mass mesmerism, confusion, you know, just infusion of idiocy in the American society. 22% of Democrats say men can get pregnant. I mean, please spare me, I can't even go there. Okay, I want to hit two other quick things. Uh, you know, actually, on that topic of things we just have to challenge, you know, the other kinds of things that go on, we talk about climate a lot in this show, um, and we talk about, um, you know, we talk about diverse, diversity, equity, inclusion, all that. Those are also issues where the left has managed not to just persuade people to see a different point of view or help share, you know, some other world perspective, or economic policy perspective. They've managed to change what people think of as reality. People don't listen to facts, listen to reality anymore. They listen to what the left has molded. One is, and another big one is climate change, which I'm going to hit in just a moment. I'll just talk with you a little bit about climate change and where it's getting California and the people of Europe because they just kowtow to climate change alarmism, utterly unnecessary. Again, I'll make a plug if you are want to set your timer for it. But tomorrow at 3 o'clock, this show, every Thursday, I do a one-on-one -on -one interview with one person. This week, I have Mark Morano on. Fabulous, fabulous writer, thinker on climate change, so filled with facts, so filled with data to help you, and I urge you to take notes and listen or go back and listen to it again, filled with data to point out climate alarmism is absolutely unjustified. We have no reason to be fearing fossil fuels, no reason to fear fossil fuels, no reason to cut back on them, no reason to fear CO2. CO2 is a good thing. It's naturally part of Earth, and actually Earth gets greener as we have more CO2. All these things you'll learn tomorrow, and yet we have a climate change movement dedicated to the hysterical effort to destroy fossil fuels, fossil fuel industry, um, and uh, you know, magically try to reduce CO2, which, as I mentioned many times on the show, even if you got to the extreme agenda amount that the climate change alarmists are saying, what, but we have to reduce uh, CO2 in the environment by this much, if you met their goal, the average temperature on Earth in 100 years might be down by, it's, it's not even one degree, it's 0 0.001 degrees. It's basically nothing. Everything they're advocating for, they admit it, won't change the temperature on Earth. But we're all supposed to give up our comfort. Okay, I'm going to quick switch to this topic. California governor and energy hypocrisy on steroids. Just very quickly tell you this story. So in California, um, where, by the way, we spend a lot of time in California because my husband grew up there. We have family there. We, we do go out there. We go to an area that's pretty conservative. So it's not like we're in the middle of Hollywood or something. But anyway, uh, California, you know, is very, very liberal. And um, although they have elections stolen there also, but they're very liberal. The governor out there has announced that by the year 2035, no new fossil-fueled uh, cars are, are allowed. Like, all new cars have to be electric cars and one of these, you know, that don't use fossil fuels. So, here in Cal there in California, you have this, you know, worship of getting rid of fossil fuels and pushing, you got to get one of these new electric cars, you got to get one of these, um, you know, uh, cars that, that uh, does not tie up, um, cars that don't use fossil fuels, and they have to be plugged in, of course, to get power. You have to plug them in. Anyway, his announcement, you have to do that. So right after he's got this coming out, you know, all the climate change alarmists are jumping up and down. They're so happy. But the people who live there, first of all, all of these cars that are being sold as, you know, energy efficient, they're not fossil fuel, electric cars, far more expensive, and you have to plug them in because, and the electricity from plugging them in comes from fossil fuels. That's okay. So they're really using it anyway. Um, and there was a really funny picture, by the way. Uh, it was in the state of West Virginia or Virginia where uh, some tourist uh, who was using one of these electric cars and um, his car broke down. 
because it ran out of battery, ran out of juice, so his car breaks down, and he got pushed to where he could be picked up and rescued by some guys who were leaving their shift working at a coal mine. So these coal miners producing energy, get out of their job, see him, see this guy stranded and, and pushed his car. It was kind of a you know, really funny picture. Anyway, but back to California. So now California, you know, touting how green and smart they are, they're already having rolling blackouts. They have the most extreme environmental policies possible. They're already having rolling blackouts. So part of the meaning there's not enough energy to go around. And so the rolling blackouts are happening at the same time and during vacation season, which is now, the governor is saying, and, and don't charge your cars overnight. Please don't charge your cars overnight. Don't use that energy. So, I mean, the, the whole absurdity of it, you know, no one except the wealthy can afford these fancy cars. And I, at this point, I want to play a quick uh, clip. There was a, a clip by Biden's energy uh, guru um, talking about how wonderful this is that California has done this. You can hit that, please, Joe. Do you think what California is doing could or should be a national model? Could be, could be. I mean, you know, I know every state is different and you always have to respect what the states are doing. But uh, I do think that once people, I mean, California has gotten more used to electric vehicles uh, and we have to bring down the price of electric vehicles so that everybody can access them. And this is why it's uh, great that there's a $4,000 tax credit, for example, on used electric vehicles that has just been adopted through the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, so she's, you know, blah, 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 and this is Biden's energy person saying how great it is, and California is a model, and actually, as you know, year after year we've been reporting this, California is losing population. The state with arguably the best climate and most beautiful oceans, although Florida is doing great, a lot of the East Coast has great oceans too, California, beautiful beaches, beautiful climate, and people are leaving because you can't afford to live there, you can't afford to pay the taxes, and... All you're going to get, you can see it more and more leftism, more and more control of your life. So there was a tweet put out, which I love. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert had the pleasure to meet her a couple years ago. She had a tweet that was responding to what uh, you just heard, responding to that video you just heard, which says they will try to make you give up your car of choice as they force their climate agenda down your throat. Okay, she's exactly right. Unless we stand up on this climate stuff, push back, say no, do the Daniel Horace idea, band together the conservative leaders and say, we're not doing any of this climate stuff. And by the way, we're going to drill. I mean, and we're going to drill. We're going we're gonna to collect our own energy. We're not going to listen to the federal government. Uh, we're in trouble. Similar note, I will just um, tell you that the climate agenda, climate alarmism agenda, uh, taking hold in Europe, they have now, because energy is now so expensive there, so expensive that they are predicting in the next year, one year, because of how much energy costs have gone up, because of climate alarmism, so they're, they're driving up intentionally, driving up energy prices, the electric bills overall in Western Europe are going to go up by $2 trillion. And when I say those numbers, I, I, you know, I know people go, oh, I, my eyes glaze over. I mean, these are families the vast majority, families with children, and you've got to keep your house heated in the winter and cooled in the summer. But the government is, through climate change policies that nobody wanted, except the climate lunatics and the left that listens to them, but the person suffering, paying the price, the person suffering, is the average Joe who cannot afford the uh, energy prices that are, that are being imposed on them, inflicted on them by the climate change alarmists. That will be an increase. That, by the way, that $2 trillion increase in one year um, will be, I'm sorry, it's going to jump to $2 trillion next year. Yeah, uh, that's 12% of the European geo, uh, GDP. It's just a good measure to contrast against the entire budget of a country, 12% of GDP. So I wanted to say, on climate stuff, Again, it's easier to counter if you have facts and urge to listen to the show tomorrow. And it's a pushback at every level. We have climate change policy impacting everything at every level. And to have more and more informed Americans saying, we don't need to be doing this. It's unnecessary. We, we demand you stop. We're going to, I mean, in California, I just wish they would have like everybody out there buy a brand new fossil fueled car you know, in 2034 and drive it for 30 years. I mean, they just need pushback. And the, the entire thing is driven by this fear of CO2, fear of fossil fuels, unnecessary.
Okay, um, until one other, before I get to my last little story today, um, I want to make a pitches about this show and about my summit and about um, the products that I, that I can offer you and that I really hope you'll consider purchasing. So to start with, my show is sponsored by, or I have assistance from rather, um, MyPillow. And my pillow uh, is you know, Mike Lindell's group. If you're watching, you can see the. It's up on the screen now. Go to mypillow.com, and and they have wonderful products, tons and tons of wonderful products. And my husband and I, I always tell you, I wouldn't push them unless I tried them ourselves. But we have bathrobes, sheets, towels, slippers, and most recent and pillows. Tons of my pillow pillows. But we also recently bought the mattress cover. And I did that because a really good friend of mine said it's a great mattress cover. So we did buy that. And it is noticeable how comfortable it is. So mattress covers too. I can now add to my list. I promise you because I've tried them myself. They're great quality. Go to MyPillow.com. Make, make, a, make a big order. Help me out here. But you get up to 66% off. Up to 66% off depending on the item, and I get a small payment, but what the way I get that is when you are checking out, you go to the promo code right near the end when you're checking out on the website, it says promo code, put in Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G. That's the way to get, I get credit for it. You get great products at great prices, um, and so I urge you, uh, and it's a great way to support this show. You can also support this show if you if you go to our website, americacanwetalk.org. You can come back to me, americacanwetalk.org. Uh, you can, at our website, both um, join America Can We Talk. It's a mere $50 a year, 5-0. Need to have many more members. Easy to uh, sign up online. Um, and you can also make a donation. We have had several uh, people make larger donations. I, I welcome them. I don't get paid anything for doing this show. And I've been doing it since 2014. I literally have never been paid for doing this show. I made a lot more money being a lawyer. Let me be clear. But this show is it's my passion. And so if you support this show, it would be extremely helpful. You can make a donation online at americachemitalk.org. You can become a member for mere $50 a year. You can buy a ticket to our summit, which I went over yesterday. So I'll just quickly tell you our summit is coming up in Dallas on Saturday, October 15th. We have great, 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 great speakers coming on all the topics you care about. It's a great weekend to come. We have a Friday night event. We have all day Saturday, a Saturday night event. You will love coming here. Uh, we just recently secured Laura Logan's coming. Uh, Dr. Simone Gold, who will newly be out of federal prison after serving time for doing absolutely nothing wrong on January 6th. We have Tina Peters in Colorado. We have Gordon Chang, the very famous, internationally renowned expert on China. Sidney Powell, fabulous expert on the rule of law. We have wonderful experts on uh, climate and fossil fuels. Great, great, great day. So please go to americacanwetalk.org, buy a ticket, buy a sponsorship. That would really help. Buy a sponsorship or a ticket. Come to this summit. You will not want to miss it. You'll have a blast full of happy, friendly people. We need you to come and join us. Okay. So um, the last thing I'll do is um, I have another product I, I uh, also can offer you, which is called H2Bev. H2Bev, and that is a, a drink that is called, you can see in the screen if you're watching, called HydroShot. They have numerous great flavors. HydroShot is a, an amazing, amazing beverage. You can only buy it online. You cannot buy it in any stores. And their website is h2bev.com. H, the numeral two, and Bev, B-E-V for beverage, h2bev.com. And again, they're put in promo code DebbieG. And you get a discount. It comes right to your house. I have one every single morning. It absolutely positively is very helpful for focus, for endurance, for uh, it just is a, um, I'm going to have the uh, founder who invented this on the show again soon and describe what's so unique about it because it's it's a truly unique product. It's not just caffeine. It is a product that has a special process, hydrogen infused water, and it is uh, unparalleled. I'm telling you, it's a great, great, great product. Um, I urge you to order it. I ordered it because after my husband, I had the flu and I called a doctor friend of ours just telling him, man, I'm still, we're just dragging. And he said, I just heard about this stuff, Hydro Shot, you ought to give it a, a shot, I'll give it a try, and we love it, and I want you to order it too. And again, if you go to h2bev.com, place an order on the promo code at the end, put in Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, you get 10% off, comes right to your house, and I get a small commission too. Okay, so those are my big pitches for today. The last thing I want to do about, um, I've been talking today about being an activist and pushing back. 
I want to make an observation, and we need to be pushing back on every issue the left is pushing. You know, COVID and then upcoming, uh, the, again, the effort to shut America down, the effort to impose vaccine mandates, the effort to tell you whether or not you're allowed to travel or stay in the military, or work for the government. You know, climate change is another, is just like a hammer in the hands of the leftists trying to just shut America down, uh, push, pushing back on climate change. Um, and one thing the left does in the pushing these things, they can be caught over and over being wrong. I mean, over and over being wrong. There's no factual basis for what they're saying. And their answer is to keep pushing. I mean, the climate change thing, there are so many uh, examples out there, so many articles and books that will run through dozens of climate predictions. And, you know, and, and it used to be the world's going to freeze to death. We're going to have a big ice age. No, no, it's going to be overwarmed. And, and the left uses these fears about climate because they know the average person is not a climatologist and you want to believe the experts, and they shut down the voices of the actual experts who are challenging whatever the left is saying. They shut down the voices of well-educated climatologists putting the truth out there all the time, and yet the government and the anti-American left uses climate as a way to take away your freedom. Fears about climate, they'll tell you where you're going to live, what kind of car you can drive. Pretty soon, you're, they really are going to tell you where you can't be living. These people, will they'll use climate to exploit and get to the mission they've always had, which is to control you, and they will use it as long as and until we stand up and stop them. So climate's another one. But what the left does when there, when there are mountains of examples where they were wrong, they just keep saying the same lie. They just keep saying it. They never say, okay, well, it turns out that prediction was 100% wrong. No matter how crazy it is, they just keep saying it. Well, they're doing the same thing in the border. I have a very, very quick clip I think we can get time for. So there was a question um, at the White House press conference um, of KGB, that's what they're now calling KJB, the new kind of the White House spokesperson. She was asked about the border, and uh, this quick question, I'll play that and we'll close with this. So our, how is it two different things? Somebody unvaccinated comes over on a plane. You say that's not okay. Somebody walks into Texas or Arizona unvaccinated, they're allowed to stay. But, Why? But that's not how it works. Yeah. Like we actually no. I know that that's not what you guys want to happen, but that is what what is happening. But that's not. It's not like somebody walks over and <laughs> that's not. That's, that's not exactly how. Exactly what's happening. We well, thousands of people are walking. Uh, for our radio listeners, talk to you tomorrow, 3 p.m. Central Time. My last comment on that: she actually argues with him with the reporter asking the question, uh, Ducey, just saying, people don't just walk across the border. And this is looking right in the camera, saying they don't walk across the border, and everyone knows they do. They just lie. So be an activist. My lesson for today, my message for today, be an activist on some issue, get in the fight, recognize we're in a fight long-term to restore America, and this is a great wonderful, exciting time to be alive, to be in the fight, to bring America back, to reawaken America, to preserve America, to keep America great. I close the show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our day today, uh, in the first segment, talking about activists win, the fearful, silent lose, how to fight. The American wake-up call has been delivered. Now is the time to answer with action. Everyone who sees America's danger must get engaged. No cavalry is coming. Trump is not enough, although he's great. Waiting on the sidelines will be fatal to the United States. Seven practical ways to make America great again at American Thinker. Are you doing all seven? Some? Any? Over-the-bridge efforts spreading across the country, unfurling flags with the MAGA messages. Estimates are 70% of viewing traffic is supportive. America is not hopelessly split 50-50. The war is won by those who fight, not by silence, concerned but passive observers. We the people will save this country or will not be saved. Get engaged for America. And on trans zealotry and Brittany Aldine, kudos Brittany Aldine for her common sense, passing through tomboy to girly things. ACLU claiming children have the right to self-mutilate and castrate. Sick beyond description. Trans hype should not be humored at all. The tip of the spear for removing God from mankind. No more male and female formed by our creator, according to the trans zealots. Bodies and identity engineered by surgeries and injections. And man in the image and likeness of superhumans, as defined by humans. No need for the family. Fix everything with more drugs and surgeries. Government-run schools. 
driving parents away from their kids. The trans agenda is communism on the move. Americans must see it for what it is and reject it. And California governor and energy hypocrisy on steroids. California heads to brownouts and blackouts. California bans new gas-powered cars after 2035 while demanding electric cars not be charged during the vacation season in order to conserve energy. So your answer is, from the government, you're just stuck where you are. California is right in step with the EU. EU energy bills estimated to jump $2 trillion in the coming year. Self-inflicted energy crisis to transform society into government control of everything. Problems, suffering of the common man and woman does not matter to the elites. This is government-imposed tyranny justified by false climate emergency. No one voted for this in the EU, in California, or anywhere else. This is the existential threat to freedom around the world. Get engaged to stop it. And on Border Busters Lies, White House Press Secretary KGB uh, breaks new ground with in-your-face lying. I said it's KJP, sorry. Incoming airline passengers must be vaccinated. Southern border migrants need not <clears throat> KGP, there are no migrants walking across the border. And this is a similar thing I forgot to mention. She tweeted in 2016 about a stolen election. So someone asked her, was that domestic terrorism? Her answer, a ridiculous comparison. Not possible to lie enough to keep Americans from believing their own eyes. KGP is an Alinsky tactic. Alinsky tactic of doubling down on lies, and it's not working. Americans are awake. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can you America Can We Talk? Truth about America. Can you